It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome to this new episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator and host of this multi-award winning show. And it's my aim in every episode to help you find ways to improve your e-commerce business. So thank you for tuning in. Now, whilst we normally only interview people who are running and working at and for e-commerce retailers, every now and then I come across an expert or author who I think you all need to hear from. Today is one of those episodes. So in today's episode, we are getting into the world of influencer marketing, what it is, how to leverage it, many of those different strategies that people have come up with to make it work for them. Hopefully some of those may work for you. And whether influencer marketing is on your to-do list or you're actively looking for ways to make it work better or you're a sceptic, I think you need to keep listening to this one. Before we do that, though, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for brands of all kinds and sizes. Whether you're an entrepreneur just starting out or you're part of a marketing team at a multinational brand, Clavio will give you everything you need to create memorable marketing moments. Building customer relationships that keep shoppers coming back time and time again. Get started with a free account today. Visit clavio.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash master plan. 2020 was nothing short of a crazy year for businesses and advertisers worldwide. Yet if you played your cards right, you could have made even more money from your ads. But what if you didn't? Lucky for you, J7 Media, a renowned Facebook marketing agency managing millions of dollars in Facebook ads every year, is offering you all their secrets to success. Want in? Download their free guide featuring the latest key trends and strategies you need to succeed as an online business in 2021 at experts.j7media.com forward slash masterplan. And now to introduce today's guest expert. Neil Schaefer has been deep in the world of social media for over 10 years and is an expert on both building your own social influence and leveraging that of others through influencer marketing campaigns. In 2020, he published the best-selling book, The Age of Influence, The Power of Influencers to Elevate Your Brand. Hello, Neil. Hey, how's it going? It's good. It's great to catch up with you again. Um, and I know, I know the listeners are in for a treat in this episode because you are you are very good at these podcast interviews. So you. um, you're not so shabby good. yourself. <laughs> lots of good <laughs> stuff coming. Um, so Neil, how did you get into the world of social media? Well, uh, man, I've been doing this actually since 2008. I was a corporate employee. And in 2008, uh, for the first time, I was in transition when the company I worked for decided to pull the plug on international sales, which is what I was doing at the time. So I started by uh, getting very active on LinkedIn for my job search, actually, at the time. And that turned into the launching of a blog, which turned into the writing of a book, which turned into speaking engagements. And then in January of 2010, I had a, a few companies in different industries come up to me and, and just you know, they needed, they didn't know what they didn't know. So they wanted help with social media marketing and um, they they needed someone to sort of, you know, train them, educate them and really help them develop a strategy. So since January, 2010, I've, you know, worked with dozens of companies, spoken on a lot of stages, teach at a few universities, 
written a few books and it's really all about, you know, helping businesses become better educated um, and really have a strategic approach to everything that's out there in social media. And I like the fact you you angle in on that strategic approach because it's so easy to find content for free that will tell you, click here, do this, click here, do this. But actually, if you haven't got the strategy right with any social media or content-based marketing, you're kind of not going to do so well. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Social media, and I'm sure everyone listening will nod their head. It can be a complete time suck. So you really need to be extremely strategic and disciplined if you want to maximize the ROI from it. So um, let's let's talk about your book, The Age of Influence, the, your excellent book, I should say, The Age of Influence. What What led you to write it? So I have always been about you know, creating content, whether it's speaking or teaching or books that serve market needs, just like every business owner here listening is selling product that meets the needs. So uh, with me, it's content. And I noticed a few years ago that I started getting asked a lot of questions, not just about influencer marketing, but a lot of marketers wanted to become influencers themselves. They had friends that were, you know, uh, making money. Even my 15-year-old daughter today said, hey, she just found out at her high school, there's a TikTok influencer who now has 10,000 Instagram followers. So it's sort of, you know, influences all around us today. It's, it's, it's a very, very hot topic. But what was interesting, Chloe, was when I dug a little bit deeper, I think a lot of people think of influencer marketing as, you know, Kim Kardashian types, a lot mm-hmm. of followers, a lot of money, you know, almost like a celebrity endorsement or a celebrity advertisement. And when I dug deeper, and I started thinking about my past decade working with businesses vis-a-vis social media marketing. I started to connect the dots and realize that the concept of digital influence was broader than just working with celebrities on Instagram. Um, and it, it really covered any social network, any content medium. It covered people with far less influence that can really have a major impact on a business. So I decided, I sort of test marketed the idea for the book on a Kickstarter-like campaign, and it did really well. So I wrote the book, and here we are. I love that. So you you tested the idea first with a Kickstarter. Oh, test market, baby, always. (laughs) Such a good idea. Um, I must remember to do that next time I sit down to write a book. Does anyone actually want this? Um, Yeah, in fact, there's for any of those curious, because I recommend that every every business should have a book. Every business owner should be an author. There's a platform called Publishizer that I used. I did not have the book written. I had I had an agenda. I had an outline of the book. I did have some blog posts, so I said it was 25% written. I said, will you buy this book for $20, even though it's not going to be published a year from now? And I, I got orders, right? So that was my test market. Wow. So you don't even have to write the book first. Get the business first, then write the book. Then write the book. Clever. I thought I, I, I should have known that there was a, a book-specific um, crowdfunding site out there. Oh, see, I've, I've had a day... Um, I was exp- listeners. I explained to Neil earlier. I've had a day of recording podcasts, and every single one has given me a whole new project to think about. And this is my new distraction: is going to put the publicizer platform to test book ideas. There you go. Anyway, but that is way off, way off what you guys listening are interested in, and uh, and way off what I should be exploring in this episode. So we're going to get into influence and and some of the lessons from the book. So. The term influencer, like you said, it covers everything from um, from the Kardashians through to other businesses and, and all kinds of things. So, Neil, running an e-commerce business, what what's the influencer type that you would start with? 
Well, it's really interesting. So one of my biggest clients that I've been working with for several years is is an e-commerce client, right? Mm -hmm. So it's been interesting seeing the progression from a few years ago, and probably a lot of e-commerce businesses are very, very similar. There's an extreme emphasis on paid media. Uh, It could be in the form of Google ads. Uh, Here in the United States, it's in the form of Amazon ads, in addition to Google ads. And it's also probably paid social media advertising, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, what have you. And um, each of those performs to a different degree of success. But at some point, we feel, we understand we, we have to have our own content, right? And the content is usually in the form of a blog. Uh, I highly recommend every e-commerce you know store out there should have a blog. Uh, we find that the blog brings in additional organic traffic for branded blog posts. And when we start to blog about non-branded blog posts and build authority, it's like getting free business from Google. So this can help us reduce our pressure on paid Google advertisements, right? And what about social media ads? Well, the organic with social media becomes really, really hard. Uh, Businesses, you know, try to create great content, but it just lacks the appeal that content coming from the average person has. So when we look, well, how do we grow our business? How do we be more effective with our advertising? Well, I think there is a way, right? So, you know, with Google, if we can do our blog content, that can help us, you know, organically, I think, perform better over time. With social media, if we look at it becoming pure pay to play, and we we hope to do more organically, but it's just very, very hard. Well, here's where the influencers come in. So influencers have a voice, have a community. Influencers outperform businesses on social media day in. People outperform businesses in social media. Chloe, I was going over my own, doing my own Instagram audit, and I'm looking at brands that have 50, 60, 70,000 followers on Instagram. These are, you know, like Buffer, Social Media Examiner. These are, you know, tools in, in, in social media marketing and media sites. And my 16,000 followers, or right now it's actually 15,000 followers, I've done some pruning, I'm getting you know more engagements per post than they're getting. Wow. Right? So part of it is the fact that they're that the algorithm favors people over business. Part of it is that a business feels the need to push the business with every post, whereas people don't have an agenda. Right? So over time, what's happened is that businesses just get less and less uh, you know, exposure in the algorithm. So for those e-commerce business owners that are looking to organically go viral on social media, it's not going to happen. I'm sorry to tell you, you probably already know that, right? But let's think about, you know, where we are today. If we want to meet the digital first customer, and this is even before coronavirus, but coronavirus accelerates this and it will for some time. Where are they, right? They're digital. They're either on search, they're on email, they're on social. So I started talking about the search aspect. You should have an email list. Hey, 10% off to join our email list. And I know for my e-commerce client, their email list with, uh, we use ActiveCampaign. We have some sophisticated marketing automation. Actually generates revenue. We we can actually see it, right? Um, And then we have the social part. So the social part, organically, you're not going to be heard. Uh, A paid ad on social media is very disruptive, as we know. People like to skip those. The, uh, the the marketing manager for this e-commerce store, who's a millennial, said, you know, we don't want to do ads on Instagram. It'll make us look cheap. And <laughs> I think that's the mindset of a lot of people. Influencers then become the way forward. It becomes a way for you to be heard, for you to be relevant on social media. Now, over the course of writing the book, 
there's also been a progression. We already know a lot of e-commerce are, are doing influencer marketing, right? I don't know how well they're doing. And I know that there's been a lot of money wasted on it because at the beginning of influencer marketing, it was all about, you know, tapping into celebrities. Like, oh, we need someone with a lot of followers, with a lot of engagement. But you know what? What's the ROI of that? You know, a like does not pay the bill, doesn't sell a product. It, it always almost felt to me back in those early days, it was almost about who can manage to spend the most on an influencer <laughs> campaign as well. You know, yeah. it was like, you, you can imagine, you know, the CEO opening up advertising week um, and wanting to see his company as a, on a PR story with, we've just spent a million pounds on a Kardashian or something. And uh, it, it seemed very kind of divorced, the, the concept of income from cost. Yeah, it was fueled by a combination of agencies that worked with brand accounts and brands having massive budgets saying, okay, we'll take 0.1% and put it in influencers. And that ended up being a lot of money, right? So now you have this industry fueled by big brands with big pounds, big dollars, big euros, and going after big names. So guess what? People buy fake followers. They get fake engagements to look bigger than they are. And then you have all this fraud. So what's happened though more recently is and it, it's happened for a few reasons. Is that in the influencer marketing industry, they start talking about micro influencers. This is maybe four years ago. So you know what? If they have ten thousand followers, they're a micro influencer, and there's a lot of value in working with them because all the other people price themselves out of the market, right? So now you're bringing a new pool of people. They have less followers. They're more quote unquote economical. And now over the last two years, they start to talk about nano influencers. Nano influencers only having one thousand followers. So this is where, for me, it got really interesting, because if a if someone with a thousand followers is considered a nano influencer, I don't look. You know, the influencer marketing industry, which I'm not a part of, I'm an outside. You know, I'm, I consider myself a, a consultant. To all of this, uh, I'm on the business owner side, not the influencer marketing industry side. I, I look at all this and go, okay, well, if someone who has influence can only have a thousand followers, then instead of you know, the traditional method, and I, I just had this conversation with my client yesterday, right? And she's like, well, we've been trying to reach out to influencers. You know, they have between, basically it's a lot of micro influencers. And we reached out to a hundred of them. We had like 20 people respond. And then five of those said they might be interested. Two of them agreed. We're still waiting for content. And it can take a lot of time and be really, really ineffective. So I go, I go look, let's look at it this way. Who amongst our email subscribers, who amongst our customers, and who amongst our Instagram followers, if we're on Instagram, are there any influencers that already exist there? And it was actually fascinating going through the exercise because if you have a Shopify uh, you know, a site, there is a free app called Caro, C-A-R-R-O, getcaro.com. This is a drug. <laughs> I mean, this is like crack because what you do is you install this in your Shopify store and you integrate it with your email database, if it doesn't integrate, it doesn't integrate with Active Campaign. You can upload your, you know, the, the, like a custom audience on a Facebook ad. You upload the database. It goes into your Shopify shopping cart history because it's a Shopify app, and it and it integrates with your Instagram. And boom, you have a dashboard of people in terms of number of followers from large to small of who you can interact with. And yes, it, um, the results were actually quite surprising. And 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 so. Then the conversation is, well, now we're talking about people that already like, know, and trust us. So of course, if we reach out to them, 
we're probably going to get a response. They're already our customer, right? So here's the thing. The problem with the influencer marketing industry up until now is it's all about people who have influence. But if they don't care about your brand, it's just an ad. It doesn't sound authentic. But think if they're already using your product. So I don't care if they only have a thousand followers. If they're using your product and they have a passionate community and they talk about things that are relevant to your brand, those are the people that you want to work with. Right. And, and, and here's the other, out of all this, this is the first realization is that we should be looking at our sphere of influence, our brand affinity. We should be talking and engaging with these people first. The second thing, which I'm really glad my client is already doing is she said, you know what, we're not looking, we're not looking to pay these people to amplify the content. We're looking to source content. We want to source content not only for our organic, this is called leveraging user-generated content, but we want to use this content on our advertising because we know it's going to be more authentic. It's going to help our advertising perform better. And then I said, hey, take it one step further, put it on your shopping cart because we know that this sort of authentic user-generated content, the data is already out there that tells us that it actually performs better on our website, in our shopping cart. And it bridges that gap between e-commerce business owners that just have these stock photo-looking images of products to now you have imagery of actual people using your product and talking about it in a very, very natural way in an Instagram style, because it's an, inst- it's an Instagram post you're embedding that people really engage with. And they don't have to know that those people are celebrities or not, but if they're your customers, you know we're seeing a lot of influencer marketing now when you're at the nano influencer level, you're not even paying people, you're just shipping free product. They're your customer, right? So it it just it completely shifts the paradigm. And even if you don't want to, even if you don't want to do social media organically or you don't want to use influencers to amplify, I think just creating an army of content creators of nano influencers, I think that's tremendous ROI. I know that my client, they used to spend a lot of money on photo shoots, on video shoots. No more. Source it from influencers. So that that would be my number one advice. But we can go further. We can use that content uh, obviously for organic. We can build up our pixel. Et cetera, et cetera. That is social media marketing for e-commerce in 2020, 2021. It is 100% content created by influencers who already know, like, and trust your brand. And I'll add one more thing, Chloe, because I know I, I talk a lot. If you're in a situation where you don't have any customers talking about you, right, you need to incite word of mouth. So if you have customers out there that you can ship product to, to, to create a relationship to get that going, that's great. If not, Yes, it, it is going to cost a little bit of money because people just don't know you. So you may have to seed the market with some paid collaborations and go from there. Chloe, over to you. <laughs> cool, Neil. I know you say you talk a lot, but there's so much value in there. I mean, I have like about 20 questions based on what you were just saying. Um, but I want to kind of just just clarify something which you were hinting at, but I'm, I'm going to make you say yes or no to it. Please. Which is... Is is what you're saying is that with all the different things you just you just um, told us about, that for an e-commerce business, if they're investing time, effort, money in social, organic social, and driving traffic from organic social, the first thing they should be doing is nano influencers before their own posts, their own um, content creation. It should that's the place to start if we want to get the most bang for our effort. I think that, so to answer that question, it depends on how well you think you're doing organically. If you're posting and it's crickets and your engagement is 0.1% or 0.2%, you're not getting any clicks, I would highly recommend putting a pause on your organic social media publishing, look through your databases 
of people that have brand affinity, find nano influencers, reach out to them and start to leverage their content. Or if they've already talked about you on social media, ask for permission to use their content and start with a 100% user-generated content approach to social media. If we Now we begin to look at social media less about a pure marketing platform, which it still is, don't get me wrong, but it's an amazing platform for collaborations, right? And once you have that mindset, I think you're going to get a, you're going to get a lot greater ROI. You can keep doing your ads and everything, but because these nano influencers, hopefully more and more of them are your customers, they're content creators, right? They're content creators that create content that resonate with people. That is an extreme value. That's something that brands have a challenge doing of creating content that resonates with audiences. The, the, you know, these people are experts at it. So there's there's extreme value in those collaborations. And content's expensive as well. Indeed. You can spend an awful lot of money on content and have used the wrong model if you're doing fashion and you get no sales, no matter how good the photographer was, no matter how good the location was, no matter how good the product is. You put the wrong person in it and you're you're done for. Whereas if you're if you're using that user-generated content, which is your actual customers, you're gonna have multiple models for starters, but also it's people who love your product and love your business representing yes. you. It's and guess what? You do a photo shoot. It's one person, right? You work with, you work with, you know, your customers, nano influencers. You can pick the diverse sort of people that you want to appear on your feed. Uh, it, it's it's actually really, and that's really one of the the benefits of working with influencers is that these people have targeted communities, and you can see in their followers and in their content. So if there is a diverse community that you really want to reach out to the best way to hyper-target them, although you can do some hyper-targeting with paid media, but really the best way is to work with these people that already have those communities. And that's a really uh, amazing benefit of working with influencers. I mean, it strikes me as well that, you know, the way the influencer market's flipped on its head from being, let's see how much money we can pay someone really, really famous to let's leverage our own customer base actually fits better with the usual, the normal skill set you find within a marketing team in an e-commerce business. Because Outreach is not something most e-commerce marketers were built to do. Yeah. Um, so if we can, you know, and and many people listening, that twenty percent response to an outbound campaign that your client's getting, that's pretty good going. I have to say, there's many salespeople who are going, I would, I would love that for a cold campaign. No, but guess what? It's not a sales campaign. It's we'll offer you money to talk about our product, and so. Because influencers get pinged by a lot of people, right? And they look at the amounts and what have you. So, so yeah, my my client was very very frustrated, and now they they see the light, right? It's like, oh my gosh, there's all these people out there. They're already our customers. But then the next question is, how do we reach out to them? I don't know. Maybe that's where you wanted to go with the conversation, Chloe. Well, yeah, I was well, I was gonna say about how it, it's kind of flipped on its head. So it's now things which we're capable of doing. You know, we know how to talk to our customers. We know how to do this. We know how to, in terms of getting hold of them, we can individually. Inst- message them on Instagram, or we can just email our database and be properly lazy about it and say, anyone got over a thousand Instagram followers? Would you be interested in a free product? Sign up here. You know, we can take it back to our kind of basic marketing activity. If Neil, if that is the worst way possible to, to reach out to them, please give us some, some better tips on that now. Yeah. So this is the conversation we had yesterday with my client. I said, look, some of these people, they're a customer and they may think it's a little bit creepy if you know the fact that they have over a thousand Instagram followers, right? So one approach is, as you said, reach out to everybody. I, I would take a different approach. I would tag these people in my email marketing, and I would send them an email saying we're we're launching a VIP program. 
uh, you know, call it the, the most common term people use is a brand ambassador program. So we're launching a brand ambassador program. Um, you know, we'd like you to be one of the first members in it. Uh, you know, we know that you are a, we, we appreciate that you're, you know, you're one of our customers without hinting at the fact that you already know they're an influencer. Um, and yes, you know, instead of sending it out to a complete database of 5,000 or 20,000, whatever, just send it out to a hundred people, start small until you get a try and because it is something new, right? So if you can pick the top 100 or the top 50, do send out the email, but you need to be very clear as to what, that this is not some automated email. You, you have been chosen. You are exclusive which people feel really good about themselves and what is going to be the offer, right? Um, you know, and, and I think at some point it's probably going to come down to, it may not be a phone call, but at some point it might be a little bit personalized, you know, Hey, this is, you know, we're looking to have our customers create great content for us. How can we help you? Um, so yes, it becomes more of like a PR approach than marketing approach at some point, but at the beginning, you, it could be that open-ended email tagged just for those influencers and say, hey, you know, if you already work with brands, let us know. If not, you know, we're looking to foster and, and really celebrate the, the content of our customers. Is this something that you'd be interested in participating in? And go from there. Yeah, so it's, it's a lot less scary to start off with, I think. And the, the other thing I like about it is that um, we have the ability to test and to optimize, which is obviously one of you know, my favorite things to do. And I think one of the, something which every e-commerce marketer, every e-commerce business owner should be open open to is testing and optimizing. And if you're working with lots of nano influencers, you've got the budget to be able to try out multiple people and multiple approaches to find out what works rather than betting everything on black 34, which someone listening who understands roulette will know that's the wrong color I've probably said, or a number that doesn't even exist, but you get the idea, everybody. <laughs> Yeah. And I think, I mean, we're sort of jumping ahead here, but once you have this sort of program in place, it's the 80-20 rule that, you know, if you have a group of, of 10 influencers, probably two of them are going to be, are going to be creating the content that's generating the most business for you, or that's going to have the best ads. It's always, you know, the, the, the 80-20. So with that in mind, you always want to be trying to bring new people in and testing them and getting the data to see who's going to be the best performer. And for those best performers, you obviously want to do more with them, right? Um, you could get into this uh, contractual basis where it says, hey, you know, our brand ambassador program is an annual program. Um, by signing here, you agree that we're going to send you one year's worth of free product. And in exchange, every month you're going to deliver, you know, three foot, whatever it is, right? So with a with a contract like that that puts it in writing, you also have the option to say after 12 months, you know, sorry, we, we've decided to reduce the number of people in our brand ambassador program. Really, really sorry. Um, but let's keep in touch for future opportunities while you bring in new people, right? So you can, it's like the accordion, right? Based on the budget. But really, you sign up people and you give them product. There's going to be people that don't even post. Let's be honest. And it could just be they forgot about it. It could be that they got busy. Um, and even if you remind them, because it's the Wild West, you can't control it. So it, it's always good to have that opt-out uh, stage. And I, th I think 12 months, you know, gives you, and hopefully it's just free product. It's not a, a big investment, but it does give you the ability to have a data-driven approach and always be optimizing and, um, you know, always be trying to improve the ROI of those influencers you work with. When having it as a program and, and so clearly defined as that helps people understand what they're signing up to and, and leaves no room for for assumption or confusion about what the deal actually is. And and like you say, many of the people you send product to will not actually do anything and you've got to be happy with that. But at least if you're if you're 
giving it the best shot of making it clear what happens, then you're hopefully going to get it all to to come good. And guess what? What's the worst possible situation is that you've just given free product to one of your customers. Instead of giving it to someone that doesn't know you, that's that's some sort of celebrity that gets free product from any and every brand. So, uh, you know, it's bad. It might cost you a year's worth of sales. It was a risk. Uh, but hopefully there's fewer of those and more of people who genuinely want to be part of it and actually do send you the content and you do see the benefits of that. I mean, it's like you could spend the same process with like Facebook ads. You could spend a lot of money and, and you know, you don't know if they convert until you get impressions and clicks and you go from there. So it's sort of the same approach with influencers because they're people. You know, every person is its own little ad unit as part of a campaign. <laughs> you don't know how well, how well they're going to perform until they start to perform, right? And we have to address one other question before we go into the top tips round, which is return on investment. Any tips? Because I know our audience are going, yes, but how do I track that it's working? Any, any advice around that, Neil? Well, ROI is... The measurement of ROI is only as good as your objective in doing what you do and creating measurable metrics around that activity. So content creation, how much time do you spend creating content? How much money are you paying people internally and externally to create that content? And then when we work with influencers, what might that cost us or what might that not cost us? So to me, ROI, return on income is either increase in income or decrease in expenses. So right there, that's a decrease in expense. Then let's compare influencer content uh, conversion versus using our own content with our Facebook ads or with our remarketing display ads and Google. Let's compare apples now and see how they perform. If they get a greater ROI, then boom, that's the ROI of working with influencers. So it, you know, across a few different levels, and if we really want to take it a step further, because you're e-commerce, you're in one of the most trackable measurable industries. So you can work with influencers as part of a loyalty program, right? My client uses Loyalty Lion. There's, there's tons of these loyalty platforms out there. Give them a link, give them a discount code for their community. And obviously you can track them in that way as well. But if you're only giving them a 5% discount code, probably a lot of people are not, a lot of people are not going to use it. So I think you want to be generous to say, hey, we're going to give you a 50% discount which we normally don't give, or I mean, if that's too much, maybe 30%, and maybe just limited to a week or something. But we really want to celebrate your community. We want to make you look good. And in doing so, you're going to be able to measure their influence, right? Because if they're, and, and if you give them a little bit of commission on, on the back of that, you're going to be able to see really quickly if there's a big enough incentive for them, like, I don't know, 20, 30% commission, and then a discount on the, on the front side, maybe 20 or 30% or more, you may not make a lot of profit during that week, but you're going to be able to test the efficiency of these influencers. How much business can they actually drive? And that would be my recommendation. It's almost like, you know, you never know how valuable your Instagram followers are until you do an ad campaign to them and see how well it performs or whether you do an Instagram specific campaign organically and see how well it performs. So now we want to do these, these experiments with influencers. If we really want to test the ROI of them, that would be the ultimate. But I think after a while, just like having a website, just like having a social media presence, it becomes part of, of an infrastructure that you need for digital marketing in, in 2020, 2021, 2022, and beyond. So after a while, I think you realize what the benefits are. But if you need that extra helping hand, if you need that extra confidence that you're not wasting money, that would be my advice. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. 
Success in 2021 means building stronger relationships with your customers. Last year saw a lot of consumers switching to buy online, leading to surges in new customer acquisition. So how are you planning on turning your new first-time buyers into profitable repeat customers? Well, that's what Clavio is for. Clavio helps businesses create memorable marketing moments through email, SMS and personalised website experiences. And that is what creates repeat purchases. That's why Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform is used by over 50,000 e-commerce brands around the world. Get started with your free account today. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Are you an online business whose advertising efforts did not go as planned in 2020? Want to know where you went wrong? For expert advice on how to optimise your ads and maximise your revenue in 2021, download J7 Media's free Facebook marketing guide featuring the most prominent trends and strategies you need to succeed if you're an online business. To download this fast action guide, visit experts.j7media.com forward slash masterplan. It's time for the Top Tips Round. Okay, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So, Neil, you ready for the Top Tips? I just got goosebumps. Yeah, I am. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Uh, Okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Ooh, oh, there are so many good books. Um... I am still a fan of the four hour work week, old book, but that really started the process of being able to scale your business, looking for repetitive tasks to outsource. But beyond that, since that book was written by Tim Ferriss 10, 15 years ago, maybe 20 years ago, there are more and more external resources. You know, there are more and more Neil's and Chloe's and people around the world that can really help your business. So as business owners, we should be working on our business, not in our business. And if there are still components of us still working in our business, I would definitely reread that book. And I think it's going to give you some ideas of how you can remove yourself from your business that you could be more strategic in, in its management and, and in its direction. Excellent. Right. The traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Pinterest. I think especially for e-commerce, Pinterest is uh, is amazing. You know, I have a, in essence, a B2B blog, right? A B2B blog, neilshafer.com about marketing and, and influencer marketing, social media marketing. I get more traffic most of the time from Pinterest alone than I do from LinkedIn and Facebook combined. All organic, right? And if I can do that with my type of content, I'm pretty sure with your e-commerce content, uh, once you have resourceful blog content, once you have this sort of Instagram lifestyle centric imagery, I do think that Pinterest can be quite uh, attractive. Now, I know that Pinterest is one of those social networks, unlike Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter, outside the United States is not as popular as it is in the United States. So for those of you listening to UK and Europe, it might not be as powerful. Definitely if you're in the United States, I, I would be on Pinterest. But Pinterest also has a paid media platform as well that's quite attractive. So I would definitely give Pinterest a go, especially if your target demographic is a female demographic because 80% of Pinterest users are female. Excellent tip. Okay, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plug in a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Well, I already talked about that influencer marketing tool, Caro, C-A-R-O. Um, I will 
since it's a tool, I'll bring up another tool, which is a little bit different than Caro. Uh, but basically, it, it is a tool that allows you, you know, on your homepage or throughout your website, you have these opt-in, you know, hey, sign up here for 10% off. It basically adds, it's a little script, a little, you know, a snippet of, of code that adds the ability for people to add their Instagram username. It also lets you do this in your shopping cart. So now what you're doing is you're having people basically customers and people that subscribe to your email list opt in with their Instagram username so that you can contact them and say, hey, you gave us your Instagram username. We noticed you were an influencer. Let's work together. So this is a tool called Gatsby.ai. So it worked, you know, Caro is not opt in. Caro, the approach is let's mine all your data and find influencers. This one is saying, hey, let's ask people for permission to engage with them on Instagram. Let's find out who they are on Instagram. Clever. So yeah, either one of these tools, I, I would definitely get started with one of them if, if, if I was in e-commerce today. Excellent. Great advice there. Okay, the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? I would have to go... I'd have to say working with influencers to incite that word of mouth on social media. Um, when we think about digital marketing, right, there's a few things we can do. We, we, we obviously have a website, we have SEO, we have email, we have content marketing, we have social media, and then we have influencer marketing. I just think in terms of being able to rapidly grow, of being able to work with, collaborate with influencers in a short period of time to really you know, get that word out about our, our product to these communities that are probably already buying similar products. That to me would seem the quickest approach. And th- there are some case studies in my book of businesses that have taken that approach and done really well. So influencer marketing it is. I like it. A growth top tip that both A, reiterates what we've been talking about all episode, which is always good, and B, is backed up by case studies. So uh, so there you go, guys. Proof for that for that growth top tip. Well, look, Neil, before we say goodbye, could you let listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Sure. Well, my name is Neil Schaefer, and you can find me everywhere on social media and on the web, neilschaefer.com. I am the real Neil. So I know you might have an uncle or a cousin that spells their name N-E-I-L. Well, they're they're not right. Uh, it is an incorrect spelling. It is N-E-A-L. And my last name is Schaefer, S-C-H-A-F-F-E-R. And I also, the book name of my book, obviously, is The Age of Influence, which is available at uh, bookstores. And if you're interested in delving deeper into this concept of digital influence, I also have a podcast called the Maximize Your Social Influence Podcast. I've covered all the bases there. I like it. And it's a great podcast too, guys. So if you want to know more about this, definitely worth tuning into that one as well. Thank you. Neil, thank you so much for being on the e-commerce master plan podcast today. It's always a pleasure chatting with you. Um, and uh, as it always is, it has been today. So, uh, so thanks for coming on the show. Oh, thank you, Chloe. It's really an honor to be here. And I, I love your podcast as well. And, uh, you know, keep, keep publishing the top quality and for all those business owners out there, I know the influencer marketing, I've been on a few podcasts, especially overseas where the people interviewing me sort of cringe at the word influence or influencer marketing. So I hope, I hope by the end of this podcast, if you're still listening, that you'll take a, you'll, you know, push the reset button on your mind and really give it a fresh, clear approach. And I think you will find business benefits. Oh, I, I love that advice too, because it's a, it is an industry space that is, the definition of influencer has changed a lot in recent years. Definitely worth a revisit. Indeed. Well, thank you, Neil. Thanks, Chloe. 
So there you go. Now is the time to test influencer marketing in your business. Neil's book is called The Age of Influence, and it's available as Kindle ebook, paperback and audiobook at both Amazon and Audible. So that's The Age of Influence by Neil Schaefer. To get your hands on the notes from today's show, including his top tips and links to the different things we mentioned, head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business. If you liked this episode, then make sure you check out episode 199, that's 199, where I'm joined by Dar Mann from Live Glam, who's talking us through how he used influencer marketing to grow his subscription business to $17 million. Thank you for tuning in to this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help as many e-commerce business owners as possible to succeed and thrive with their business. So please do tell the other e-commerce business owners you know, because I would love to help them too. I hope you have a great week. Keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.